This is Dafki in the Gulf down here. That's correct. As a, up, it, the way it is up there, there's no Kayan in, in, in Israel. I understand it a little differently. In Vayikra Tavshim Emzayim, look and see if Rasich is Tavshim Emzayim, it talks about it. And he said it's different than Yemim for Hebrew. Yeah. Because there, there's the Nukud, like it says in Tanya, that it's, even though you're not born a Tzaddik, it's not a Tzaddik. It's a Nishviya full later, right? You're not a Koyan. But the Rishpo, like, like the Moshe, is a Bechol Echad Vechad. As is a Masbidot. It's a Dafka from Moshe. Everybody has a Nitzvah. It's a so it's in form of B'derech Irbu, sometimes B'derech Gilgul. The Neshama is, is, what is it? It's a Kayan or not? Who cares how it comes to you? If, if the, if the Neshama is a Kayan, then it comes this way or that way. So You're first of all, first of all, like the Alter Rebbe says, Kayma right Acha Shlema, we're all one. Yeah. Was Adam a Kayan or Levi or Yisro? Adam okay, but, but that's not what... No, no, I'm asking the question. Everyone comes from Adam. So how did Bechal Kayhan began? So you have to but say they, but they that, 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 Eden, yeah. exactly. So you have to explain that neshamas once they begin to branch out, they take on different siyurim, different shvatim, different uh, and so on. That's the whole thing. But but still, there's a skalus. So even though you're a Yisrael, you can have a nitzutz or a ibur or something of a. Alter brings melech, for example. Mitzvahs on a melech is not on us, but through the melech we also get it. That's that the general and picture. It's always been that way. Even Armaten uh, uh, was had uh, yeah. of, of a non question. Yeah, and Fakert. Ibor and Gilgal in Eitzchayim, he talks the different levels of how much it manifests. Because you could also have it can take control, or it could be a minority. It comes down to the deep, the impact. Look, the Rebbe brings it also by uh, Mashiach. Can we say, he wrote he brings all the Mikaelis. The fragment In there's a whole section he talks about different things: Ibur, Gilgal, Nitzutz, all kinds of. Your souls are very complex. I, I just saw an old copy of the Yiddish we found the yard site. Uh, Josh, you ready to go? Uh, ah, it's live already? Mandel Orenstein's. You said, okay. Oh, so by the way, you're being broadcast now to 8 billion people. Okay. Okay, good morning. You don't mind, I'll start. Good. Good morning. A good chedesh, nissen. Chedesh, nissen. Chedesh, agu'ula. Benisa Nigalu, Benisa Sidney Goyle. And from Rishkeshis, we're going to Beznissen, which is the Aim Hilula and his talkers of the Rebbe Rashab, and also the beginning of the Nasiyas of the Friedrich Rebbe. The Rebbe explains in a Sikha, very powerful Sikha, definitely worth learning if you haven't yet. Vayikra Tov Shemem Zayin. 
It's a print in the Sefer HaSichas, Tav Shemem Zayin. speaks about the connection to uh, Nis- Nissen and Nossi. It's a whole Sikha about a Nossi. Remember, it was just a few months after Hey Tevis. So the theme there is about the Nitzchis of Anossi. Brings there the first moment that the Fridic Rebbe said after Beis Nissen. Reish is going Mamolik, a whole story about the Nitzchis of Anossi even after Yisrael Kusei. Just as an aside, even though we're going to go back to the themes of Pesach, which we're going to continue, that was the only time that Rebbe gave a compliment on a Sikha that I had prepared. <laughs> he wrote, on the Tigdilu Lases, um, and Rebbe Magiet, of course. So just for the record, that was the only time we got a... a not that the Rebbe obviously edited, so means he, he was Ma'asher and he endorsed whatever he edited. But there, actually, the Rebbe wrote those words. So, um, Okay, so with that, um, I began last week going over a review of the Ma'amorim of Pesach, the Drushe Pesach, as it's called by the Rabbeim. The different themes. Pesach is, of course, such a central Yom Tev. Reish L'Regolim. Reish L'Regolim. And Zechit Sis Mitzrayim is probably mentioned more than any other mitzvah. How many mitzvahs are connected to Yitzhak Mitzrayim? Film, Shabbos, Mezuzah. Of course, uh, the Pesach itself. Every day, the Sheish Schiris. So it's clearly a central theme. And last week I chose to began with why. Why is Yitzhak Mitzrayim such a central element in Jewish life, Teda, which really gets back to the whole question. And I'm not going to go over it again. I'm just uh, going to segue into another theme of why we had to go through Mitzrayim in the first place. It wasn't an Einish. It was in Brisbane Absarim. It was set in motion that the Abishta said that your children, told Avram Avinu, that your children will be in a, will be Mishubid, will be enslaved by a, in a nation that's not theirs. Veres Loilahem, and then ultimately, and then it will be, So I discussed that at length, that Mitzrayim is more than just a, a land called Mitzrayim, that they have Mitzrayim v'gvulim, both in Ruchnius, uh, as well as Navedus Adam, in our work and our service, that through the Mitzrayim, like Mina Mitzrayim, that's how you become great, Anani Bamerchav. That's how the Eden, Kachas Goyma, and the Kerav Goy, they became a nation, Am Yisrael. And it's after Yitzhak Mitzrayim that came out in Teda, Tavdin al-Lakim, Esalakim al-Lahor a nation of Matan Teda that formalized. That was actually the time that they actually called Api Aloche Yisrael. That's where they went through Giyur. And we discussed that more at length. I want to go to another theme. Um, being that uh, there are the men, different themes, they're all obviously connected. Let's talk about the theme of, of uh, the, the big, the Mitzvah Sayyim of Pesach. There's a number of things, but the thing that stands out most, especially Bizman Azeb, when we don't have the Korban Pesach, is Matzah. The Isra of Chomets and the Mitzvah of Achilles Matzah. Where it's designated right away, and the Abish that tells Moshe Rabbeinu that that's how you'll honor Pesach. Shemartim is a Pesach, Shemartim is a Matzis, where the Shemurim Matzah comes from that word, Shemartim. And the antithesis of Matzah is the Isra Achilles Chomets. So it's two mitzvahs in the Teda. Al Tereba asked Lakut the Teda, 
Pedrushe Pesach, which is in Parsha Tzav. And he asked the question, so why, why do we eat matzah? So it seems there's a contradiction. One place in the Pesach says, Kiloi speak, because the Jews had to leave immediately, so they didn't have time. You know, we all know this, we learned from childhood on. They didn't have time for the bread to rise. So they ran out and they were left with just a matzah that uh, less than 18 minutes. And therefore, that is our zechel. That's why we eat matzah. And no chametz. But the Altar Rebbe asked, one second, the Posik says before that reason, Kilo Hispik, it says already in the Teda, it's a mitzvah lechatchil, the Ebrister says, for six days, for seven days, eat matzah, and don't eat chametz. So the Altar Rebbe goes in a long explanation, the difference between Pesach Mitzrayim, Pesach Dedes. Then, for example, the Isser of Chomets was only one night, only the first day, I should say. And, uh, but afterwards, it's all seven days. In Chutzlar, it's eight days. So the Alter Rebbe explains the difference. And uh, so let's discuss that because it's very central to the whole picture. In general, even though the Alter Rebbe doesn't say it explicitly, Bechal, the whole idea that the Jews didn't have time to run to, they had to run b'chipozen to say seyu, and they had to leave immediately. Is also a bit odd. Two hundred and ten years, they slept in gullus. Suddenly, they don't have time to wait for a few minutes to, for the bread to rise. So, it's some type of incidental thing, just because they were rushing. That's why we eat matzah. There has to be a deeper reason, obviously. And why talk at that moment? They have to run. As I said two hundred and ten years. He kept them in gullus. Of course, they didn't want to leave gullus. You get out as soon as possible. But it's like, you know, suddenly we're rushing to the point you can't. Uh... So, of course, as Chassidus does always, we go to the neshama of it. It's not just a technical reason. Technical reason, yes, they didn't have the time. Technical. What's talk of the reason? What's the, you know, matzah b'cholah? What's this mitzvah of eating matzah? And I'll lead the other side, the Yisra Chomets. So Alter Rebbe brings there, and this is a very central theme throughout the Maimorim of Pesach, I mentioned also the letters of the Rebbe. Of course, the Maimorim of the Rebbe, of all the Rabbeim. And that's the difference between Bittl and uh, Yeshus, the central theme of Matzah and Chomets. So as it says in some Svarim, this brings it as well, that Matzah and Chomets are the same three letters with only one small change. Mem Tzadik is equal. Mem Tzadik He is Matzah. Chomets is Ches Mem Tzadik. So the difference is the ches and the hey. The ches and hey is also almost similar. Three kavim. There's a right leg, a left leg, and a roof. The difference is the ches, the left leg is connected to the top. And the hey, there's a hefsik. So the, so the regal hasmoli is nifsik, is a space between it. So really the difference in chomets and matzah is that little space, if you really think about it. Because the other two letters are mamish the same, and even hey and ches. So what's the significance of it? We know the Alter Rebbe says in Shari Chivamuna that the Shmei Sheyikalei B'loshon HaKedosh, the name of something, is the tzinner of the Chai Saliki, the divine energy that goes into it. Think of it like if you're uh, projecting white light on a wall, on a screen, so it's just plain white, white, pshittis. If you put a, uh, a film... Well, let's say letters carved out in something, suddenly the light looks like the letters. Now, the light hasn't changed. It's just that through, those, uh, through the screen, through the, fi- the film, I should say, is giving shape to the light. So the same thing is the letters that they used to use, Basarim Amores Nivra Elam, 
every letter they used to use, there's a tzinu, so to speak, of taking the Eid key, which is poshit, like the white light, and the letters shape it and direct it. That's why a name that a person has is not just a name, even though you don't need a name for yourself. But we know that when parents give a name to a child, it's like a mini Ruach HaKedosh, as that Rizal says. That's why it was the only area that Abayim did not give advice on, names, because the parents have a special, what do they know? They know that normally they're shown um, what is the right name for connecting this person's neshama with a goof. It's a big discussion that's not for here, because on the other hand, you see that two people can be called Ruven, and they're very different personalities. So on the other hand, the name is also more of a chetzenis dikit thing. So this talks about this. Uh, but getting back to so when you have a, a, a word like chomitz matzah, that's the word that Tehidah uses. It's not just bread and, uh, how do we say, matzah in, in English, Un, unleavened bread, whatever. It's, the, the letters themselves indicate what the muhus of this entity is. So let's discuss what's doing in the hay and the ches. So Chassidus explains that the difference in the hay and the ches is that space. So based on the Pasuk, it says, L'chveidi barasiv yitzativ asisiv, L'chveidi barasiv yitzativ af asisiv, so there's, L'chveidi is atzilus, barasiv yitzativ is bri yitzira, af, what's the af asisiv? That there's a hefzik, between Yetzira and Asiya. In the language of um, Aveda, there's Machshove, there's like Bria, Yetzira is Dibur, and Asiya is, of course, Maisa. So Machshove, Dibur, and Maisa are the three legs of a hay and a Ches. You know, we need three legs. Machshove, Dibur, and Maisa are the three Levushim, which is the foundation of all, everything we do has to go through either its thought, speech, or action. Al-Tareb explains in Tanya. The koiches hanefesh is your very faculties. But to express your faculties, you're either thinking about something, whether it's an idea or a feeling, or you're speaking about it, or you're acting on it. Now we know, of course, that the order has to be machshove, dibur, and maise. Someone that begins with maise and then comes dibur and machshove is usually either shikr or some other problem. So machshove, you first plan, then you articulate it, then you um, act so why is Asiya Af Asisiv? Why does it need a space? Because before a person comes into action, they have to always think a second time. I think it's brought in maybe. That Machshav and Dibur need to be always connected. A person speaks. They shouldn't be speaking Stam. They're speaking connected to their mind. Their thought is guiding their speech. But when it comes to action, you always have to pause because once it comes into action, you can't change it. In speech, you could always change what you said you can always adjust while you're speaking. So Maisa needs a hefzik. And the language is a half is the half from bitl. It's an element of bitl that's necessary. So in the hay, you have it properly structured. The Rebbe has a famous sikha in Ches and the Sikhs on Kairach. The same thing, the name Kairach, Kufresh Ches, is all distorted hay. The, all three letters are made up of three legs. The Kuf is the regular smallest goes longer, Tachas Ashura. It extends all the way below the margin. Reish is missing the left leg. And Ches, the left leg is connected. The Rebbe explains how all three are, it was part of the, the, the sin of Kairach because he was lacking the Bittl. A hey, Yud K, Vov K. The name of the Ebersh is a hey. Hey is a perfect balance that you have the through Machshav Dibur and then you have the Bittl before there's a Maisa. 
Ches is lacking that hefsik. So ches, essentially, if you think about it in practical terms, like, you know, if you have a kettle that's boiling water, what happens if there's no spout, there's no space, the kettle will start boiling and then it will implode, it will explode. So you always need a release point. So the hay is like a, a release between machshava dibur and maisa. And therefore, matzah, which changes the ches of chometz to a hay, matzah, is basically essentially bitl. As we know, the Pashtab Shat, what's matzah? Matzah is not allowed, doesn't allow the, 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 to, to rise. Most of bread, especially Gishmaka bread, is a lot of uh, air. It's inflated. And that's why it's fluffy and it's enjoyable and so on. Matzah is lechem eni. It's like a cracker. It's the same flour and water. I'm not talking about mixing anything else. But one rose and a lot of air, which is like the inflated ego, the yesh. Lotion of the kutateri, snasus and yeshus. And matzah is the food of bitl. Now, why is that so vital here? I mean, all year round is supposed to be bitl. So you could ask the question why don't we eat matzah all year round? And chomets, which represents yeshus, should be osir all year round. So this gets back to the theme of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. In life, for a person to be able to grow, everyone has to go through what Chsidis calls yesh, ayin yesh. Like a seed is nirkav, it has to deteriorate and rot in the ground before it blossoms into a flower or a tree. Every one of us in life spend nine months in your mother's womb as she goes through the chavleleda before giving birth. So everything in life, wherever you see growth, you're always going to see a bitl before that growth. But basically, because if you're still in your old seer, you can't really grow into a new thing. It's like they say you have to shed a previous layer of skin to assume a new layer of skin. The general rule in life, people want to grow, they want to succeed, but they're always going to come with a price. The price is you have to get out of your comfort zone. For the Eden to become Goy Mekerev Goy, and Mitzrayim in Yecheskel, book of Yecheskel, compares it actually to Aleida, to birth. That's why I say, it says, uh, that it was the dam of the tsar of Yitzrayim was like the chavle leda, the pain of birth. In general, golos is compared to that. Chavle golos. Because in order to shape the Eden into a Am Yisrael, a Nitzchizdik Am Yisrael, Vatam Tiyali Mamlechas Kainu Vigay Kodesh, Mitzrayim, as I mentioned last year, is like a Kur HaBazel, like the Zayis, like the olive that needs to be pressed to be able to produce oil. That's how the Ebershter made it. So therefore, bitl is a critical component in any true growth. Yitzis Mitzrayim is ultimately the main event in the whole Torah where you really see this. The truth is that traveling through the Midbar is also in your bitl, Midbar. But Yitzis Mitzrayim is very boiled. And Taka, that's what happened. It was direct proportion to being yana, afflicted. The bitl they went through did not destroy them, on the contrary, it turned them into something far, far beyond, as the, as the Maral says, to Bnei Cheren, that now they're fundamentally free people. So the eating of matzah, the eating of matzah is representative of this bitl. And that's why they had to run out of Mitzrayim. Like it says, Taka 210 years, but then it says, had they not left that moment, so it brings in Sforim, the Rebbe brings in the Haggadah. 
that they stayed one second longer, they would never have been able to leave because they were so, the Memtashari Tuma was so powerful that at some point it would overwhelm the Eden. So that's one like, one second can they stay. It wasn't just a technical thing, they're running, which is an element of Bittl. That's why Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, compared to the Gula Asida, is an element of Iskafia. Ishapcha is transformation. But when you're in a situation where there's like so-called danger, or death, in this case, corrupting toxic forces of Mitzrayim, you have to get out immediately. And that too is an element of Bittl. So it's the bitl of the klippas and the bitl of the effects that they had in Mitzrayim to assume a new madrege. And that's why Taka, after right, the second day of Pesach, we start counting Sfiris Eimer. Why is not Matan Teir immediately? If the whole purpose by Tzichas of Mitzrayim, Tavna Salakim al why the Pesach right after Pesach? should be right after Pesach. What do you need? 49 days. And then the 50th day. And the answer is given because that's exactly right. They need to now have the Birur Hamidis. Seven times seven midas from chesed shabbat chesed to malchus shabbat malchus to prepare themselves to get rid of, a, first of all, all the levushim tzeim, all the, the, the soiled garments that they assumed and affected by ervas aritz mitzrayim, and more importantly, to prepare themselves to be makabel tater. The Ran says in the end of Pesachim that it was the gaguim, the yearning, but it all comes together. It's all part of a bittel that goes between. One madrig to another madrig. So matzah represents essentially bitl. Chomitz represents yeshus. So why taka then, if that's the case? We should never eat the bread. We should only eat matzah. And on the contrary, shvus actually is the korban shteelechem. It's the exact opposite, shteelechem, two, two loaves of bread. Because the vart is the ego is not a bad thing. The ego needs to be directed and harnessed. So it's not that bread is a problem. It's not a problem to, be a, to have an element of self. You just don't want it to turn arrogant. So seven, eight days a year, we're given a mitzvah that these days we're focused completely on bitl, completely immersed. And the, then the kavon is to take that bitl from matzah, then when you go back and start eating bread again, which means you're going back to your life of being a yesh in this world. And I say yesh here, I don't mean yeshes. I mean a mitzvah, because the point is not to be a skupa nidrasas, to be a doormat. Even a, even a Tamil Chachem needs Shminis Shabbishminis. A native and a native needs to have a sense of self. You know, when Hillel says, you have to have an Ani. Then the Ani has to be bottled. From Ani, we turn it into an Ayin. But there has to be an Ani. Kavon is not to be Mavatul Yesh. So it's Madregas, as the Rebbe explains, and many places explains, that first the Yesh has to go through a Bittl. Then the kavon is that the yesha nivra should become one of the yesha miti, as quoted in so many sikhs. Why do you need that? Because the kavon is ultimately ahdus and integration, not destruction, not annihilation. But in order to get there, you need to be mevatl, the sense of self-worship or self-interest. So the kavon is to redirect the ego, not to destroy the ego. So that's why Pesach focuses on the bitmal part, and that opens up a person to then go back into the world of Mitzias and Tachtenim and Adrabe, take the Shtei Alechem and make a carbon from it, and the same thing throughout the year. So it's not a, a, a it's not a, 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 um, a, what's the word I want to say, an indictment of Yesh. It's just a process. 
That's why we say we go from Miskafia to Yishapcha. I mentioned before, Yitzis Mitzrayim was Barachaam. Then you have to run. Sometimes you have to get away from anything that's negative. But the Kavana is ultimately is to transform. Not Mishapcha, to transform, not just to refrain. Like Al Tarebbe was opposed to France winning the war because at that time he felt that France would be a challenge to the Eden Beruchnius. Because there was Kechibi Eitzim Yodi, it was godless. Then the Rebbe says in Tavshin and Beis Yeshev, that was then. Seven generations later, we can come now into the Western world, including France, and transform it. The Rebbe is not. The Alta Rebbe would have done exactly the same thing. It's just a, it's a matter of tkufus. So first you need Iskafia, avoiding certain things. Then is Isapcha. Then you come in to transform it. So in other words, if the Eden would get too early, be involved with the so-called France and the France way of, th- French way of thinking, it would have uh, been very destructive. As it was, you see the assimilation that emerged during those centuries. But it would have been much far worse. So the point is, there's always Iskafi, Ishapcha, with Pesach representing Iskafi. Chometz, on the other hand, as I said, is the element of Yesh. That's why the representation of it being inflated, the inflated ego. And that's why Taka, we say, Hey, Lachma, Anya. Lechem Eini. Okay, but then comes the other side of it, as I just said. That's why you also see in the Haggadah that ever brings this in several letters, a very interesting paradox. On one hand, the attacker talk about Lechem Eini and Matzah's Bittl, the point that uh, says that Michal de Bam Nusa, the Zayar says, the food of faith. Uh, the second night, Michal de Asvusa, food of healing. Uh, the Rebbe Marash brings in Vekocha, the Rebbe cites it that, that when you eat matzah, it's like eating a lakus. So this explains, because matzah is meichin the abba, abba chochm is bitl, kayachma. So ruchnius is the element of bitl. Bina is associated more with yesh. We meaning bina is already a, has substance. Chochme is just an akuda. So it's much more of a bitl dikamadrege. So then you see, on the other hand, on the seder, there's a focus on Harchava. That we're like Malachim. Why do we sit Kulon Musubim? Why do we recline? Because that's the Derech Melchus. We drink wine. Wine is a, is a, is a, is a drink of uh, royal drink. We don't drink water, we drink wine. And it's a mitzvah. So on Pesach is also the concept of Zmachet Senu. To feel free. It's not a kvetch to yontif where it's just experience of bitl. So the Rebbe brings it several places. One that stands out, I remember it was once a bracha that Rebbe gave you, Ralph Nissen, I think it was Shnas Hashemeni maybe. So it was Kapitel, uh, kapitel Pe'alif. And the Rebbe brought these two things, the Oni Evian on one hand, and we say, Nafshi Ko'ofer Lakel that's bitl. My Nafshi Ko'ofer, Ofer is bitl. Complete uh, nullification. And then you say, Psach libi It's the exact opposite. Psichus halav, opening up the heart to Teda. Because that's the process. So it's not a contradiction, it's two aspects. Because the Kavona is not just one side of it. In order to reach Harchove, like I said, Mina Anoni ba Merchav ko Harchove, Merchav Atzmi, you need to have Mina Meitzar. So it's not a contradiction at all. It's the Meitzad, it's the Eni. So on one hand, we eat matzah's taka, represents bitl, but then we drink four cups of wine. And the subim, 
another behavior that we, uh, we behave on the day of, of the night of Pesach and uh, Pesach in a form of like a melech and a malka, because they come together. So on one hand, you have to have an element of bitl, and not to say I'm not a self-made person, but you also have to have you have to have breitkeit. If he doesn't have breitkeit, you can't accomplish anything in this world. It's a tough life. You know, imagine chsidim, shluchim, shluchis, and so on didn't have any breitkeit. They wouldn't be able to accomplish anything. You come to a city and nobody wants you there. You better have some, uh, some, a good healthy ego. I mean, ego and kedusha. You know, the Rebbe sent you here, and this is what you have to do. Um, I once heard from Rabbi Avram Hech. He told me that when he was a Bokh in 770 in the, the Shins. He's one of the brothers of the Hech brothers. So the Friedrich Rebbe told him he should start going shul to shuls on Shabbos and Chazar Chsidis. So he was a, he said, a shy boy. And he said to the Friedrich Rebbe, it's really my brother Shlemmer Zalman and Yankel. They're good speakers. He had a brother, Shlemmer Zalman in Chicago for many years, from those early years. And uh, Yankel, we all know, J.J. Hecht. And he has a brother, Moshe, in New Haven. Other brothers. But he says, not for me, basically. So the Friedrich Rebbe told him these words. So I heard from him. He said, Anova, Shalebim Kema, you say, Dose Gaiver. Yeah, it's quite an interesting line. Misplaced humility is rooted in gaiva. In other words, it's like after a bitl, but when it's misplaced, when you need to speak up, and when you need to spread teach chassidus, or you need to do something else, you can't just say, hey, "No, it's not for me. I'm shy," or someone else, and so on. On the other hand, that doesn't that doesn't justify or say you should become arrogant. I mean, the mitle rebbe, we know the chassid. They told the Mitla Rebbe insisted that anyone who came to Lubavitch for the Yom Tevim, when they go back, all the cities, they stopped. They said, Chaz Chsidis. So that, so Chsidim did that. There was one Chassid who was very Matzliach. Uh, they told the Mitla Rebbe, it's a famous story, the Rebbe brings it, brought it, put him Tav Shechai and other times. So he told the Mitla Rebbe that he's developing uh, Gaiva, Yeshus, because he's doing a good job. People like it. It's inspiring. And he's getting, uh, it's getting to his head, as they say today. I don't think that's the word he used when he spoke to the Mitla but he's basically saying he's getting yeshes. So the famous answer that the Mitla Rebbe told him, that even if you become like a, um, an onion, which means bitter and unpleasant and obnoxious, so the Rebbe explains it, but you're doing the job. It's not a justification to become an onion, but it means you can't stop doing something because even if you are concerned with that. So the goal, of course, is not to be a yesh, so the point is that it's a, it's a balance. Sometimes humility sounds good, but sometimes humility is just an excuse for you not doing what you have to do. You know? And when it comes to what you have to do, you have to be v'cholatekev. Look at Moshe Rabbeinu. And how much he refused and challenged and did not want to accept the shlichus of the Ebishter. And then what happens? When he had to stand up, he stood the gansatekev. And he was not at all a spall. So because bitl is not the same thing as Chassidus brings as shiflus. Shiflus, a shuffle, is a person who has a low self-esteem. A low self-esteem, and bemele, that's a negative thing, because that's demoralizing. Anov is someone that does, knows his bilas, and knows his qualities. But he says, as the Alter Rebbe explains, 
that if someone else had these qualities, they would have done better than I. And that these qualities didn't come from me, they came from the Ebishter. So an Onov is not, not aware of his miles. It's not like somebody's delusional. A person of low self-esteem convinces himself that he's worthless. And that's not at all Kedusha, that comes from Klippa. Because the same clipper that makes you arrogant can also say you're, well, you're nobody. Who are you to say you're nobody? The Abishta created you and gave you Eshlichus. You have no right to be mavatl that. So the truth is, if you think about it, sometimes saying I'm nothing is just as arrogant as saying I'm arrogant. Because you deci- you've decided that you're nobody. Who, who are you to decide? That's not up to you. We say about the Meraglim, when they said, we can't. It's, uh, it's too powerful for us. So you would think it was like Bittl. No, it's not Bittl. What do you mean? The Abishta said, go into Israel. Go to the promised land. I'm giving you the Keiches. Who are you to come and decide? No. You could say how to conquer the land. That was the Shlichus. Not whether you can do it or not. And it's a vital, vital difference. Because even our own Aveda, by ourselves personally, it's not always easy to distinguish. You may feel it's coming from a humble place. I'm not really capable and so on. And it could just simply be fear. Pure pachat. You're not used to it. It's, it's out of your comfort zone. But you see, on the other hand, people, because the bittle to the Rebbe, I know many of my own colleagues and classmates and others, that really, by nature, they were very shy. But the Rebbe said, this is what you have to do. And they did it. And they, and they broke through. And then, so in other words, it's not about you. If what's the job is demands that you have to speak up, that's what you have to do. The job demands to be quiet. You're quiet. Not whether you are, your personality is a outgoing one or you're charismatic or you have a certain element of, of good healthy ego that's the devart that even the yesh is also coming from bitl because the ebrishter made you a yesh and he said and you have a job to do and you can't afford to say you're, no, you're, you're nothing because then you're not going to do what you have to get done so the Rebbe explains a beautiful way that this is really the combination of Pesach in such a powerful way on one hand it has so much bitl emphasis, the Khomeini and so many other aspects, Mitzrayim, we spoke about. <clears throat> but on the other hand, the goal is not that. The goal is to bring geula, a chedus, bedera chedus, and behave like a malachim. I'm just saying it also, it's important because I know where you'll be for the seder, you're doing yourself with family or with others, but especially if you have to say something, you should say something at the table, you want to make the seder relevant. You know, one of the big challenges is even growing up in the community where which we grown up in and everything is so beautiful. But sometimes it could be mitzvah sanoshim alamod, let's be honest. You could do the seder completely mechanically, exactly as we did it last year. And there's a lacking achayas in it. So obviously the children at the table is always a good thing because children always make a bisalabadik and they can't predict. It's, not, uh, it's a little spontaneous. And the whole point of the Seder is you know, and we do things specifically. What it really means is you want to make the Seder alive, not just a mechanical thing. And they say every year, I remember once at a Seder table, so someone said, why do we keep saying Manishtana? Every year we say Manishtana. That's not that's Nishtana. Not it's the same Manishtana every year. So I said, if you say it just mechanically, it's like saying, let's, let's do something different, but you don't do anything actually different. It's just words. The goal is to make it into a Lebedika Seder that has significance. And relevance is always the key to everything. 
I mean, in my situation, personally, I, had, I was forced to do this because I very often had at my table, say the table, people who didn't even know what Pesach was, or a Seder. And you can, how long can you hold them up off from Shulchan you know? People want to eat, and they tell them you're not going to eat till 11.30. It's not, uh, so we always had, obviously, uh, food ready for anybody that was desperate, and Pekoch Nefesh, you know, so nobody passed out. Um, but the key, the challenge was, how do you make a Seder really, really relevant? Because it is, again, it's not like Kiddush, Mele, Friday night, how long is Shalom Aleichem, and Kiddush is uh, five minutes, ten minutes. Here, we're talking about it can be an hour, especially with children. So it's critical to make it relevant. And I always find this theme of bitl and self and, 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 uh, and humility is always a theme that uh, evokes conversation. Because everyone thinks about it, because everyone deals with this issue. You know, we all have egos. On the other hand, when is the ego healthy ego? When is the ego not important? And so on. I mean, I'm just saying one theme from Chassidus that could be applied, the Matzah Chometz theme, that can be applied to almost anybody. Obviously, the theme I spoke about last week is also a powerful one. You see, it's Mitzrayim, the idea of going out of your own constraints and limits. Everybody has limits. Just remember, the key to engaging people is always making it relevant on their terms. You can't speak down to them. Just because you understand something doesn't mean someone else is going to appreciate it. You have to find something in common. What is on their mind? So just as a, a trick of the trade, maybe this is obvious, but I'll say it anyway. If you can engage people by asking, like, what's on your minds? You don't have to say it in those words. That's the key to everything. You have to get them where they're thinking about so once you have experience, you can start imagining, you know, like many people struggle with, everyone has a form of mitzrayim in their life. There's no one that doesn't have some mitzvah. It can be panosagashmis uh, that they're struggling with. It can be relationships, marriage, children, internal psychological struggles. You know, so everybody has a mitzrayim in their life. So it's not like if you say it, everyone will, you'll get their attention because they hear that you're talking about my situation. They don't have to necessarily announce their situation and it doesn't have to be group therapy. But essentially, that's really what Pesach is all about, the Seder, is 15 steps to what? To experience uh, Cheres. Cheres, what means Cheres? Remembering what happened thousands of years ago? Cheres means now. That means now. The Alter Rebbe adds, especially by a Seder. So I'm just saying as a general statement that that is part of our Achrayis, is to make it come alive. And I can guarantee you, if you explain it to others in a relevant way, it becomes more relevant to you as well. That's how it works. You inspire others, you get inspired. You can't inspire others or you don't inspire others, it's hard to be inspired. So it's really a, uh, it's, it's a tremendous opportunity. Again, I'm not sure where you're going to be, but you know, some guys go on shlichus or helping a shliach. Or, but even if you're alone, or when I say with your wife or just family, still, it's, the achrais is to make it uh, come alive in the deepest possible way. So, as I covered the second theme, Chomitz HaMatzah, Bittl, Yesh, Dal Kesis a bit. So we have, I think, one more shir, right? One more uh, before next Thursday is the last of the day, you say that? So I'll cover, I'll cover one more theme then, another central one. And with that, everybody have a good Chedesh. It should be a Koshen Felechem Pesach, Gmar Chedesheinu. We look forward to see each other still, right? Yeah. Kol Tuf.